Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. Welcome back to the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. We are the Howl. Your source for Timberwolves Radio. Come back here after a fun Timberwolves basketball game. Fun Timberwolves basketball is not something we get to talk about a lot here on the show, unfortunately. There's been a lot of games where you say to yourself this season, man, that's that was rough, right? We've had so many uh, negatives. Towns goes out, Kogi goes out, and the team goes into a free fall for the most part, which is not what you want to see obviously. So here we are. We're sitting at, uh, this is eight, uh, game number eight of the season. We are taking on the Spurs, and the Spurs have been a really good team. Well, I should preface this by saying not consistently really good, but they're coming off of wins against the Lakers and the Clippers in Los Angeles. You don't win those games if you're not a good team, and they are. Popovich always gets this team to be competitive. It doesn't matter who's out there, and they've got a lot of talent. DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, they've got good young pieces. There's a lot to like. So here we are jumping into that game. And, of course, the headline here is Towns is back. And I'm watching this, and you see a renewed energy already on the first few defensive possessions for the team. How about this, too? Towns looks genuinely happy. I understand that he talks about how you know this isn't, uh, this isn't therapy for him. But at the same time, it's good to see a smile on his face. It's good for him to be happy, and obviously he wanted to come back. Now, one thing they touched on is the six- to eight-week timeline. So Towns said this. I think it was after the game. He said they had given him kind of a six- to eight-week timeline. What people need to realize is six to eight weeks would have been, my my guess is, my understanding would be that that's what he would have had to wait to really be like coming back 100%. Not, not six to eight weeks to have the ability to come back. So when the Wolves told us, weekly they're going to check in weekly it's because you're checking in my understanding at least of how this injury works is you're checking in on his pain tolerance and that's why people have said it was always up to cat when or when he didn't play right he would be the guy that determined 
am I ready to play or am I not ready to play? Now, granted, the medical staff's going to have some sort of a say in that. You know, if they take a look at his wrist and it's crazy inflamed, they're going to say, look, it's just not worth it. But again, my understanding of the injury is that it's not that you're worried about a re-injury and it's not that you're worried about, I guess the best way to put it is it's a pain tolerance thing. The key is it's going to take time for the swelling to go down and for the pain to go away. And that's my understanding of the six to eight time, six to eight week timeline. And again, the week to week was more of a checking in with Kat saying, all right, how are you feeling? What can you do on the court? Certain things like that. I mean, he's not 100%. If you think he is, you're crazy. It's going to take time. But look at what he did in last night's game when he wasn't 100%. And we're going to get into that more right now. Now, on offense, uh, passing has been missing. And early on, Wolves had it in spades in this game, which was cool to see. But 6-5, Spurs were up early. Spurs, three threes already as they are on fire from deep. I mean, they were hitting some some good shots. And that's a team that, you. I mean, any team in the NBA, right, you don't want to like let them get hot from deep. And uh, right off the bat, the Spurs were able to do just that. One thing I'll say is, so far early in this game, I felt like I was liking Jarrett Culver on both ends. And, man, it just seems like Towns is absolute magic when he's out there. Beasley, by the way, a flamethrower early on, including, as Dave Benz puts it, a make from Mankato. Where was this guy in the games where Towns was out? Now, granted, the first few games Towns was out, we did get this guy. We got a really good Beasley. But the last few games, he has struggled. And the player we saw at the beginning of the season that was competing really hard, you know, he was talking about how he wanted to make an all-defensive team, where did that guy go? Because we've had multiple games where, for example, there was one game where Jim Peterson called out Malik Beasley and said, how do you not close out on a wide-open shooter? Right, That's an effort thing, and that happens. We've seen that from Beasley. I don't think we're getting a consistent effort anymore like we were at the start of the season. So maybe Towns coming back, that's going to be the uh, the magic sauce that we need for the, the team to be a little more competitive on both ends. 14-11, uh, to 11, the Wolves are now up. Wolves shooting 6 of 9 from the field. So that's we talk about the Spurs with a, with a hot start. The Wolves have a crazy hot start, looking very, very good. And one thing I'll say is I'm shocked at how well Dio is playing defense in this game actively shocked and I've had some conversations with people after the game and people don't seem to understand what he was doing I saw a number of people saying well the the backcourt for the Spurs scored 82 points I mean that's fine if you want to talk about that but we were playing a lot of zones so looking at the box score first of all looking at the box score doesn't tell the story D'Angelo Russell could play really good defense and you know could still have let up a lot of points or I shouldn't say really good defense, but improved defense, which is what I thought I saw last night. I watched him very closely because there were a number of possessions where I said, wait a minute, was that D'Lo? Like, that looked pretty good. And if you really start diving in and just watching him specifically, a number of really good plays, and I thought he was improved. And that's what we want to see. Even if it's just baby steps, I want to see improvements on that end, and I definitely felt like I saw it from him last night. Uh, Towns hits his first shot, and it's a three, and honestly, he looks absolutely incredible on both ends, especially given he's not 100%, and we want to keep seeing that. Wolves on top early, 22-15. to 15. Uh, Something interesting that seems new is Rubio and Nas' two-man game. Now, Reed hasn't been able to consistently finish, but we saw that we saw last night a number of plays where it's kind of that, that two-man game you see a lot from um, Rudy Gobert and the Jazz. It, it was kind of like that, right? You know, Rubio drives, throws up to a, a cutting Nas who goes up for a, a, maybe a dunk or what have you. But it's nice to see that, that pick-and-roll game. It's, it's very cool to see. 13-19 to 19 in the quarter and 6 of 6 from 3, including a bank shot 3 buzzer beater for Nas. And the Wolves are up 34-17. to 
to 28 after one. So 13 of 19 shooting. Granted, you don't think that's going to be sustainable, but it's still really good to see. And it's a great start. The Wolves need to start faster than they have in some of these games. Edwards so far, when he comes into the game, uh, really taking some foolish shots. To me, he's got to pick his spots better. Uh, one miss leads to an easy fast break, for example, and the, the Spurs get a nice bucket. To me, you got to be smarter about picking your spots. He talked about how it's the team's not calling on him to be this like great scorer, but at times that's exactly what we've seen is he tries to do too much. Moving on to uh, some positives. Uh, how about this? Six points, three boards, just one foul in his time giving Towns a break. That's exactly what we need from Nas Reed. It was limited minutes. I think it was around five minutes, but that's exactly what you want from him. He is a solid backup in my eyes, and so we need him to be competitive, and we need him to do the little things, and I think he did that last night, which is good to see. Uh, so far, no Vando, and Lehman is in, and I don't love that at all. But just as I say that, Lehman gets pulled, and Vando is in. So there you go. Thank you, Ryan, for listening. Edwards, I will say, one of the few guys that haven't really looked good so far, like I mentioned earlier, he just seems a little off. Uh, something is is maybe just not there yet, but but again, he's a rookie. I'm not that worried about it. Already seven turnovers for the Wolves to the Spurs zero, and just like that, Spurs are back on top, 41 to 40. You got to value the basketball, and at times this season, the team has not done that, and that's top to bottom. We've had turnover problems with a lot of players, and we need to get that fixed if we're going to win games. That's the bottom line. Avano continues his hard effort and positive plays on both ends. Uh, to me, this man has earned these minutes. We talk about uh, who should be the power forwards on this team. Now, I know that I'm in the minority with Wancho. I'm a big fan of his. I think he does exactly what you want from him. He scores, he gets rebounds, and he fights on defense. He's not. I'm not saying he's a good defender. He's not. But but I'm not. I just don't question his effort. He's out there playing, you know. And I really appreciate that. But then Vando's the other guy. Those are the two guys that should be getting those power forward minutes. If you ask me, I don't need to see Jake Lehman anymore. I just I haven't seen enough from him. Or maybe I've seen too much, depending on how you want to look at it. So there you go with that. Anaz comes in again for Towns. Towns a little confused why he is coming out, but I think it's one of those things where you just don't want to rush him back necessarily. Or the other thing, too, is if you're going to rush him back, if you're going to play him more minutes, you want a lot of those minutes to come in the second half. We're still competitive right now. I think that's that's the right call by Ryan Saunders here. So Nas comes in, and uh, Nas continues that solid play and as he hits a shot, 4 of 5 now from the field, 10 points already. So Nas Reed stepping up, and this is his role. He is the backup center, and I think he does a very good job at that. Wolves up 46-43, but honestly, they should be up a lot more. But again, we talk about they just did not value the basketball in this first half. A lot of turnovers, and that was, to me, the big difference, why this game wasn't uh, uh, further ahead for the Wolves. Some changes made, and a weird lineup ends up coming in. And, and I don't know about this. I'm watching the game saying to myself, I don't know if I like this. It's Rubio, D'Lo, Beasley, Wancho, and Towns. I don't know. Just seems goofy to me. Spurs then up five. Wolves look out of sorts. And this run by the Spurs kind of feels like that typical run the Wolves have been giving up. And in the end, it ends up being a 15-5 to run total. Feels like halftime can't come soon enough as the Wolves don't have that same energy that we had at the start of the game. And that good play they started with, it just kind of seems to be going to the wayside a little bit, which is unfortunate. Rubio, though, I will say, looks much more like the Ricky we are used to tonight. It's good to see him taking a step in the right direction. To me, he had a number of games where you were kind of shaking your head saying, that's that's not what we need, Ricky. Mistakes, turnovers, things like that. Much better last night. Beasley with the three and then some nice defense. And the, just like that, the Wolves are down only two, 60-58. to 58. 
and I think they can easily make some tweaks to be better in the second half. DeRozan has been a huge issue as no one has been able to contain him so far, and he already has more than his season average early in the third quarter. Stupid turnovers, though, continue early in the third. Spurs now up 70-63, to and the Wolves just don't have it. Much like we saw at the end of quarter two, we're still seeing some struggles there. Towns, though, taking it to LaMarcus Aldridge, and six to go, he has to sit with four fouls. So it's cool to see Towns able to uh, really dominate that matchup, I think, in, in some ways, and able to get LaMarcus Aldridge into that foul trouble. The, here's my problem, though. So Towns looks great, but who else is going to step up for this team? Because you're watching here in the second half, and it's just not happening. Of course, the, the player you expect it to be is D'Lo, and it hasn't happened yet. D'Lo has not been consistent on this season. He has too many stretches of poor basketball or bad shooting. Those are things that we need to fix if this team is going to be really, truly successful. Uh, so far, Towns has 18 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 blocks. I don't know what the assist totals were at this stage in the game. He finished with four, but he definitely should have had more than that. His passing was on point last night. And Jim Peterson even actually talked about that a little bit, how impressive he had been uh, as a passer. Uh, Some sloppy play, but a back and forth gets the Wolves down just to 75-73 in the third. Out of a timeout, though, the Spurs on fire. They build their lead to eight. And with Towns out now, I don't see how the Wolves weather this storm. To me, without Towns, no one else is stepping up and... On top of that, you have the Spurs starting to really come into their own. That's a problem. I will give the team credit, though, as multiple guys step up, including a Nas 3, uh, two Edwards drives, and good team defense. And just like that, it's a one-point game. Uh, the energy from this group has been really good. Rubio, Beasley, Edwards, Vando, and Nas. That's a fun lineup, and you're probably looking at that. That's kind of your, your main bench lineup, right? You're going to stagger Beasley, or you're going to you know, maybe Steg or D'Lo. It just kind of depends. But to me, I do think that that's a kind of an interesting lineup, and it works really well off the bench. Wolves end the third on a 10-0 run that was ca- capped by Edwards' drive and a kickout to Nas for a three. First of all, how are we not calling him Nas Threed? I mean, come on. That seems to me like the no-brainer nickname that we have to call for him. Wolves on top, 85-83 after three. The same group starts the fourth and continues their strong play, now up five. But the Spurs on a 6-0 run, despite what I would call solid defense, and the Wolves are now down a point. Edwards much better in this second half. Beasley with a sweet pass from Nas. Hits the three. He has 22 and is 6 of 9 from three. This is the Beasley that we have been missing the last few games. And to me, if you want to point fingers at coaches or you want to point fingers at Rosas, here's the thing. In many instances, what we're seeing is players need to be better. And that's one thing that we've seen is just lack of consistency from a number of guys. Wolves make the decision to go very small as Wancho and Edwards pulled for Beasley and Rubio. This is an interesting call by Ryan as the Wolves are clinging to a one-point lead with six to go. We're going to see if it works. I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, Culver, by the way, he seems nervous. Uh, he ends up getting fouled, misses what I would say is an easy layup. And then he goes to the line, makes his first free throw. And then for the second one, he misses it. Lane violation for the Spurs, and he misses it again. And it looked bad. So I don't want to hear this argument that he's improved on the free throw line. I still don't see that confidence that you need to have as an NBA player. It's just not there. I don't know what it is because to start the season, those first two games, we saw it. And then it was like he just went off a cliff. It's a different player. And he needs to be better. And how about this? Great move by Ryan Saunders. I really, really love going this route. Uh, Edwards ends up coming in for Culver. And to me, it's absolutely the right call. And at that point, the Wolves are down one point with three minutes to go. 
I would like to have the clear path fouls examined a little bit. So there was a play where D'Lo grabs the ball, and he, he doesn't have full control of the basketball. That's very true. He kind of has the one hand, and he's pushing it forward uh, to start the break. I, I To me, I wish that that was examined a little bit because plays like that where you can, to me, you can say to yourself, all right, he's going to have control, and the only reason he doesn't is because of the foul. To me, that would make the rule a little more effective because as it, as it is right now, all you have to do is immediately foul and and you're not able to uh, to do anything. And my issue with that is not, you know, someone gets a steal and you foul immediately. He had already started pushing it, D'Lo had. So as long as you've started yourself, uh, you know, started your momentum and you're carrying towards that, uh, to, towards your basket, uh, to me, uh, once you've started that, that's where I think that rule could be altered a little bit. But I, I don't know. I mean, as it is right now, I understand the way they have it set up, and they want it to be, you know, you have control of the basketball. It's There's no question marks there. So I, I understand the way they have it set up. I just wouldn't mind if there was something that they examined. Adilo, though, misses a tough layup where it looked like he got fouled, and then Beasley misses the open mid-range shot, and either of those shots go in, and the Wolves would be on top. And that's one of the things you're looking for is guys need to hit big shots, and we haven't had that. Uh, consistently game to game. Edwards, though, drains the three, and the Wolves are now on top by two with two minutes to go. The problem is DeRozan just cannot be stopped as he gets the Spurs up two, and he has 32 points now. Keep in mind, he's been averaging 18 on the year, and he just was unstoppable in this game. Towns, though, hits the three, and the Wolves are on top with 40 seconds to go in the game. DeRozan scores again, but D'Lo with an amazing three to answer right back, and the Wolves are up two, 15 seconds to go. D'Lo gets pulled, and Culver brought in for defense, and sadly, he fouls DeRozan, who makes both. So the game is tied, and the Wolves ball, 12 seconds left. DeRozan has the last nine for the Spurs. Unfortunately, play out of a timeout does not work, and that is all she wrote. It is going to be end of regulation going into overtime, 113 to 113 as D'Lo with the miss on the shot. Wolves down early in overtime, 118 to 115 after failure to rebound and giving up second chance points. Spurs put on a passing clinic, and just like that, they are now back up to four points. Down six, and I'm watching this saying this feels like it's over. But Towns with the putback dunk, Wolves need to get a stop. A great defensive possession, but the last second of all last second shots is hit by Patty Mills. He hits a shot with so he's putting it up and he releases it with 0.4 seconds on the shot clock. The Wolves played just under 24 seconds of great defense. And Rubio, the way the play actually ended up is Rubio did the uh, flyby on a three. But to me, he was playing the percentages and saying, all right, I'm going to jump, make sure he can't get this shot off. And he has to try to get a shot off quickly. And, and he just does. It just ends up working out perfectly for the Spurs. There's just not a whole lot the Wolves could have done differently. Although I think you could argue that what Rubio needs to do is just go out and just straight up defend. And that's that's what I always say when guys do flybys. Just run up, just play defense. All right, don't try to cheat the system. Just try to play some defense. Beasley, though, hits a three. We get a stop. Then Edwards has a rookie moment. Here's the deal. There's like around 10 seconds left, and we get the rebound. We look to push it, and Edwards is going in for what is basically an open dunk. He's, I mean, he's going to have the dunk. It's going to happen. But he thinks too much, decides, oh, no, we need three to tie it, throws it out, and actually ends up getting the turnover, and that is the end of that. Now, this is the big talking point here that's coming up after this game, and it's interesting because, to me, I never this never occurred to me to be an issue to be upset about. 
but I'm watching the game, right? And here's what you have happen is do you as a coach call a timeout there? So we grab the rebound, we push it. Here's the thing. We had numbers. It worked, right? We would have scored the two-point shot. There would have been like nine seconds, I think, to go if he hits that dunk. All you do is you foul. You still have your timeout then. So here's the You foul. They go to the line, right? They go to the line. They're only up one point. If they make both, it's three points. You call the timeout. You drop a play. He misses one. You still call timeout. You drop a play. I think keeping that timeout makes sense. Now, I will say this. If you're a coach in that situation and you want to call a timeout and really plan for the whole thing, I'm fine with that too. But I just don't think – I think it's nitpicking to me to say, well, we, we all knew that Edwards was going to screw up. We all knew that. No, we didn't. And part of the problem too, and Rubio talked on this, is part of the problem is the players – here's Edwards going in for that dunk to make it a one-point game, and the players on the bench are screaming, three-pointer, we need a three-pointer. It's very similar to, you you talk about the uh, Michigan game from the 90s, Chris Webber and the timeout, and the team, the guys on the sidelines, there was a coach even, that are yelling for him to make a timeout, and he makes that mistake. You know, it's not just one guy's fault, and it's a rookie mistake. If you're going to lose a game, there's a lot worse ways to lose than on the last play by a rookie and a talented rookie at that Edwards has been really good and he played a solid game last night so to me I leave this game and I say to myself you know what I'm, I'm, I'm happy I'm happy with the way this game worked out yes we didn't win of course I want to win this game it did not work out in our favor but overall a solid performance and a lot to like and now here we are uh, the next game right up right away on the back-to-back we're taking on the Spurs again there are some question marks on whether Towns is going to play I hope he does but if there are some health concerns, I get why he does not play. And just be prepared. If Towns doesn't play, it could be an ugly game. Because you know what you need to, you're going to see more of? You're going to see more of Nas, or not Nasri, sorry. You're going to see more of Ed Davis. And nobody wants that. So that's just something to kind of keep in mind for. Let's not overreact if the Wolves lose tonight and Towns doesn't play. Things to keep in mind. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of The Howl. You've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute Channel. Remember, you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. That's iTunes. Podient, Stitcher, Spotify, we're on all those places. And until next episode, Tonight, let me get a howl. And we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across?